1: Fans, welcome to the Parastyle Podcast it's on a rainy Monday here in Southern California. Happy President's Day to everyone. Hopefully, you have the day off. We do not. We're just going to do a little work here. It's not too bad, of course. We're talking about USC football here on the Parastyle Podcast, and we're going to talk with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to his website, harveyhyde.com, for all of his content. If you have questions or comments for the show, uh, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. we got a voicemail for you a little bit later on in the show. We had one voicemail that was almost three minutes long. We won't be able to play that, but try to leave us a one-minute voicemail or so. That's great, and we'd love to play it on the air. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app, you can follow us and leave us a five-star rating there uh, with a review. Talk about your know, comments on the show, feedback, suggestions, whatever you got. We would love to hear from you. It does help to grow the show. All right, Coach, welcome in. How are you doing today, sir?
2: Well, i tell you what. I got the rainy day game plan in today. And uh, we'll find a way to win. And the balls are dry. So we got a chance, Ryan. But again, I want to say happy President's uh, Day weekend to everyone. And uh, I'm ready to get going.
1: I'm ready to get going, too, Coach. And we wanted to talk to you last week. USC had a press conference on campus for the new uh, defensive coaching staff. So we got to hear from four new members of the staff. Uh, Sean Nua, we did not hear from, who's the uh, one defensive staff member that was retained, uh, defensive line coach, defensive end coach, Sean uh, Nua. But we got to hear from the other four guys and also head coach uh, Lincoln Riley. We did a tunnel vision show uh couple hours after the press conference with uh, Chris Trevino and uh, Connor Morissette were both there. But we wanted to get Coach Harvey Hyde's thoughts about what we heard uh, from the uh, new defensive staff. Obviously, the last two years, USC's defense has been subpar. And uh, people were questioning if Lincoln Riley was taking defense seriously. But if you saw any of those press conferences, we put a lot of those videos or all the videos up on our YouTube channel over YouTube.com slash InsideTroy if you want to check them out. But it looked like, from my point of view, Coach, that they are taking uh, defense more seriously now maybe than they were uh, the last couple of years. But overall, Coach, you wanted to kind of get your thoughts so we can kind of break it down by the different positions. But overall, what were your thoughts on this uh, defensive uh, coach press conference?
2: Well, first of all, i like to just uh, start off with my general opinion of the press conference itself. First of all, I thought it was the best best press conference they've ever had there. Excuse me, since Lincoln Riley's been there, it was done where coaches had a chance to explain themselves, their philosophy, why they came to USC. They gave them at least a half hour each. When normally uh, that's probably the longest press conference that they've had at USC as far as for the football program since Lincoln Riley's been there. I mean. Those four coaches took up as much time as Lincoln Riley would in an entire season. So I think they really gave you the ample time as far as uh, the uh, sports information department of sharing the love with the new coaches at USC as far as on the defensive side of the football. And again, uh, I think it showed you a lot of things as far as what I see in a football coach and what others see in a football coach. You might have a different opinion. But I was very impressed with the knowledge. I was very impressed with the stories they said on why they came to USC. I was impressed with the honesty of what they were saying as far as uh, the potential, the tradition, uh, and what they thought of the football program at USC. The defensive coordinator, uh, I think, Lynn, did a tremendous job of explaining how he wanted to teach You learn to teach uh, the basics. You learn to do it the easy way first, and then you do it another way. But you got to learn how to play the game and play it correctly. I love the way the linebacker coach, the ex-head football coach in North Dakota State, explained what he's looking for in linebackers as far as their size, their length, their speed, the type of athlete that they want playing at those type of positions. Uh, Just to me, and then when I heard Henderson talk about his background, where he started, how he got his start in life, which wasn't an easy start, how he cared about his sisters and brothers that he took care of, and why he came to USC from the Rams and honestly said, because it will benefit me in the long run as far as getting another position. Nobody was kidding anybody. It was all truthful. It was all about life It was all about when you wear a USC uniform, you wear it for what it stands for, the way the colors, the way it was where it's supposed to be. the tradition of USC which I've heard each one of them mentioned more probably in that press conference that I've heard tradition talked about by any of the coaches forever. And it to me it was enlightening to hear four people, the secondary coach, included, talk about their players, talk about their philosophy, talk about why they came to SC and what they're going to try to accomplish while they're at USC. If anything, i tell you, it's not overqualified, but it certainly is a qualified group of defensive people on the defensive side of the football. And if nothing else, yes, Coach Lincoln Riley, you did make a statement here on having the type of people who should have been there. A long time ago, and somehow someone has helped you notice that you needed help on defense and If these guys can do what they say they can do with the type of players it takes to get it done, I think you have four good quality guys
1: I would agree with you coach it was uh it was an impressive um showing, and you know winning a press conference is a lot easier than actually executing. It's like campaign promises or whatever, but sometimes you listen to a press conference or you hear someone's philosophy and you're just from the very beginning, you're like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. And we've seen that at USC quite a bit. Uh, just when you're hiring people that just seem to be square pegs and round holes. If you remember when, uh, you know, Clay Helton brings in, um, Graham Harrell, they're going to run some kind of air raid, but then they bring in Tim Drevno to be the offensive line coach, who never coached in an air raid, like things like that. You're like, okay, that from the very beginning, you're like, it just doesn't seem like that's going to work. I didn't get that impression from any of this. It just seemed like what everyone said, how it was stated, what Lincoln Riley set it up with, that you've you've made smart decisions, and you know Riley said that they had like a, a, a seven, a list of seven uh candidates that they were at the top of their list and they end up getting four of them but it seems like the plan makes sense the people they brought in to execute the plan makes sense they all seem to be on the same page and I guess that's what you want and like you said they they should have been this way before but it's it's kind of refreshing to see that it's it looks like the defense is going to be going in the right place with this group of guys
2: Yes, absolutely, Ryan, and they weren't afraid to talk about it. They weren't afraid to talk about what they plan on doing and how they plan on teaching it and and no more poor me's, uh, all of this type of thing. It's going to be a team defense, and, of course, the defensive coordinator is in charge, and all of them, as they said, will give their input on how they will develop this defense to fit the personnel. And I think that's the best thing that I could hear. It's not like this is our defense, we're going to run it, now let's see if we have anybody that can run it. To me, I got the feeling of, hey, let's develop a defense that we have the players that will fit it. And as recruiting goes along, we'll try to recruit more towards our, our style of schemes that we want to run, but let's don't force something that we can't do. And I got that impression very much from them, as far as them, uh, I think, Uh, For the short period of time they've been together, seem united. They talked about they've all been out recruiting hard. You heard uh, Lynn uh, even talk about his shortcomings. Have you ever heard of a defensive coordinator standing up and admitting, saying, you know, I'm going to rely on these coaches a lot, my assistant coaches here on the defensive side of the football, because I've been evaluating college talent my whole life, coming out of college. And in recruiting, I've got to look at players coming out of high school to best demonstrate what I can forecast for them to be on the college level. So it's not a I-know-everything type of thing. It's how we're going to use each other's strengths to make our defense a better place. And also, uh, I think I mentioned this, but when you hear Henderson's story on how he got where he was, there isn't anybody on that team that's going to say, as far as I think, on the defensive side of the football, poor me. Because this guy came up through the ranks of having to do it his way, the hard way, and I think that, too, uh, no one can say poor me to him because he's done it all.
1: Yeah, that was a it was a really inspiring kind of story. Uh, you mentioned the, the poor me kind of thing. Do you want to kind of go into that a little bit, like what you kind of mean by like, it's not like people are not going to like sulk if they don't get a rotation or play as much playing time as they want is that kind of what you're referring to or
2: Well, both. As far as uh you know, I I haven't been able to have all the things or I I'm, I I I I haven't I've come up the tough way. Well, yeah, Henderson explains to you what the tough way is. As far as not having what others have had and being happy with what he has and how proud that he's been where he is and use the networking and working hard to get what he's received from the game of football. And the poor me thing is far as they're going to play the best players. It isn't going to be, I didn't get my turns. You're not going to get any turns unless you go out there and field the way I understood it and show us that you deserve to be on the field, not just because you are, five-star recruit that took off your hat and committed to USC. You're going to have to prove on this level that you deserve to be on the field. And I think that's I think that's a message they try to pass on. And I don't know how many players were able to see that press conference. Uh, but I'll tell you, I think it's something that should be shown to them. And I really enjoyed this too, Ryan. Right? And you might agree and you might not. I, I love hearing them talk where someone didn't say one more question, they held the floor, they held the podium. All the people listening uh, uh, were interested and asked sensible, good questions and got good answers. It wasn't like somebody was sort of beating around the bush or trying to answer them like a politician. I think they really did speak from the heart when they talked about the defensive part of the football at USC the tradition of USC uh, what it meant to them to be a part of the staff at USC it was real
1: now i would agree with the coach it did seem uh very real they you know allotted like you mentioned uh half hour of time for everyone and we got to hear from you know Lincoln Riley to start and Danton Lynn, um you know in you know the defensive coordinator Riley kind of clarified some things that you know, yes, Eric Henderson has a co-defensive coordinator title, but Danton Lin is running the defense, you know, coming over a very successful season at UCLA, um, so that was good to get to hear from Eric Henderson, like you mentioned a few times with the Rams, Matt Entz, um, the uh, linebacker coach, who was former uh, head coach, just won national championships uh, at the FCS level, pretty impressive there, and then Doug Belk, who was Impressive too. Uh, coaching the secondary, coming over as Houston's um, defensive coordinator. So, yeah, it, it seems like it's a group of certainly qualified, potentially overqualified uh, guys. And I, I think if anyone felt that Lincoln Riley was really only caring about offense, like I, I guess that just wasn't the impression I got after watching all these guys.
2: You're right. And uh, another thing that I heard. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was the linebacker coach say, and it's not just our goal to make the defense better. It's our goal to make the offense better by working against each other to put each other in a difficult situation where we both get better. And it's good to hear that where they're both uh, aiming or trying to improve both sides of the football. At the same time, not just one side of the football and we're not an offensive team or a defensive team, we're a football team. The only thing I missed from that press conference was the discussion of the special teams again. That was not addressed. So going into spring practice, we really don't know unless it's going to be the same way it was, which I hope there's some... Type of change on the way they run that, but who knows until we find out. And really, not much from Coach Lincoln Riley on spring practice. Uh, what's going to happen? The dates of spring practice? Maybe uh, I know that uh, from the uh, Sports Information Office, the practices again will be closed to the media, but hope, I hope it's open to some of the public, to the kids that can come and 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 see some of these great players play and coaches coach, because if you're going to put a fence around Southern California, kids have got to become acquainted now with USC and want to be a Trojan by being there at a young age and seeing the Trojans practice and grow up with the Trojan sword and so on. So I'd like to see that addressed, but of course that's a head coach's decision, because I've always looked at what can you do in the spring? that you can keep as a secret. There's no secrets in football. Football is a game. You've got to coach it. You got to eliminate mistakes. There's only so much you can do. And the way you develop your tradition and bring it all back is by having people attend your practices as they used to do during the glory years.
1: Um, coach. Yeah. With the, I'm sorry. I was like, uh, checking her voicemails and stuff here. It's, uh, The spring practice schedule wasn't released, and I don't know if it's going to be close to the media. We know the spring game is going to be on April uh, 20th, and that will be open to the public. And then spring practice is supposed to start on Tuesday, March 19th. Um, From what I've been told, they didn't announce this, but from what I've been told, it'll be very similar format to what we've seen in the past, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, The week of March 10th, uh, March 11th is uh, USC spring break, if I'm not mistaken. So it looks like what they'll do is come in the week of March 19th and have five straight weeks of practice, um, two in March and then three in April. And then everything will end on uh, April 20th for uh, the spring game. So that's sort of the plan. Now. I don't know. Uh, they didn't give us the details. Maybe you heard something I haven't heard yet, but as far as what kind of, you know, usually we have some sort of access um, in the years past, it's been Tuesdays and Thursdays where we could talk to players and stuff. And then Saturdays would be potentially closed and maybe a Lincoln Riley zoom or something afterwards, but we haven't got the clarification of that yet, but We know when it starts and we know when it's ending on uh, April 20th, and that will be open to the public for the spring game.
2: Yes, definitely. It'll be open as it did. And they said something about if you're a season ticket holder, you're going to get in free uh, to the spring game and so on. Uh, I was talking and referring to the practices during the week as far as opening those up to the public, as far as being able to go in and watch practices and, you know, I write a column for a local newspaper and I put in there, tell me to leave, tell the media to leave, Well, let the high school kids and let the Pop the League kids and let the coaches and parents in there, as far as observing it, and becoming a, a Trojan fan, like it used to be. Not that the Trojans don't have great fans, but I think it's great to share the love with these These kids so that someday they want to grow up and be a football player. They want to grow up and be a Trojan. Or they want to grow up and be like uh, uh, one of their idols who they watch out there. I remember where Keyshawn Johnson used to run around the field as a kid there, ride his bike over and go to practice when he was a kid. I mean, these are the things that I like to see USC stand up for as far as allowing these type of things to happen with a great traditional football program You're not game planning in the spring, you're teaching in the spring. And young people get to see what it is to be a part of a college education and also the opportunities of being on a great football program.
1: For sure, Coach. Um, All right, well, so Lincoln Riley, like I mentioned, went first. You kind of talked a lot about what Danton Lynn, the defensive coordinator, had said. You know, I do like the defense fitting the personnel. He talked about some of his... George Cummings, I mean, only being in college uh, for one year, most of his time uh, in the NFL level. Um, anything else kind of stand out to you from what uh, Danton Lynn uh, said at the press conference, Coach?
2: No, except they're going to teach. And we're not going to teach too much, too fast, too early, too fast. We're going to let them learn before we throw it all at him We're not going to throw it all at him at one time. We'll probably have the rest of our Uh, defensive stuff in the fall. We want to learn how to play the basics the right way, how to tackle, how to not just, uh, uh, drag a guy down. They, they addressed all that on how you make contact the line of scrimmage and rather than tackling, you're grabbing or trying to strip the football. I think they noticed all the things that need to be worked on. And it was good to hear someone talk about that and not be afraid to talk about it. Uh, obviously, uh, they said some good things. They said that also they were very happy at what they saw as far as in the bowl game with the kids that, uh, a lot of kids that didn't have a chance to play a lot of football during the regular season, how well and how hard they played as far as, uh, during that game. And they were proud of the effort those kids made. And I think it really did help the Trojan football program with that type of effort. I think they were, uh, not surprised, but I thought they were uh, happy about those kids playing that hard. A lot of kids that hadn't played before. So uh, they see the potential and they know exactly what needs to go on. And these guys have been around football all their life. So they know what the shortcomings com- probably are in the personnel department. and They know what the the pluses are in the personnel area and they're going to have to adjust to a little bit of everything. I think to make it happen, it's impossible to overnight change that whole defensive, uh, uh, setup. But then they also talked about personnel a little bit, and, but not really didn't use a lot of names at all.
1: The, um, the position coaches, I know you, you mentioned a few things about, uh, Eric Henderson and like, his kind of story and the, the hard road that he had to get to, to, to get where he is today. Um, you know, Matt Entz, like, you know, being a, a head coach at the FCS, FCS level last year. I mean, he did talk about wanting to become a head coach. And the big knock was, you haven't coached at the FBS level. So here's an opportunity there. Um, Doug Belk, too, coming in over from Houston. Anything kind of stand out from what uh, Doug Belk had to say now, coaching the secondary for USC?
2: Well, I think he's uh, got the experience and he knows what secondary play is all about. I think he's got more experience as far as far coaching the secondary than uh, the past uh, secondary coaches have had. Uh, he's been a coordinator. He knows what's going on in the entire scheme. I don't believe any of the other secondary coaches that coach at SC over the last several years have ever been a defensive coordinator. Uh, one was elevated to the head football coaching position, which... I don't know was good or bad for the young man, but he's now got a great position at georgia uh I think there is more experience uh, uh I think he's been through more uh say game situations and I think that the player he's not a uh youngster coaching he's he's young but yet he's uh had a lot of great experience and I think in the secondary that's one of the hardest positions to coach because when you make a mistake the whole world sees it. And I think you've got to make sure that, uh, that you, uh, eliminate errors and, uh, and play good football. Yet, you know, you, you when you may, when you have a penalty, it's a pass interference and everybody can judge the call. And why did you do that? Or if you break an assignment, boy, they blew that coverage and all of that. So you have to really teach the basics and, and, and know what you do. And I, I, think they got a good hire there. I, I, I you know, I just, I couldn't hear all of his uh, press conference that clearly. But I, I, think, I think overall on the defensive side of the staff, they have more experience. Uh, they had, uh, they've had coaches before that they have experience. But I think there's a good combination of where you're broken up everybody who knows everybody and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, you got some people working together now that are there for a purpose and a reason, not there just for a job. But they all have goals why they came to USC. And if any of them are going to reach their goals, they got to get what? W's. Because if you don't get W's, you don't reach any of your goals. I'm telling you, you don't become a head football coach. You don't become a coordinator. You don't become anything. So I think that's uh, each one of them, as you mentioned, mentioned their goals. They have goals why they came to USC. And uh, I think this is good because none of them will reach it. Unless uh, the team wins. And I think this puts a lot of pressure on everybody.
1: I agree with you there, Coach. Uh, Why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, do a little more analysis, and answer a few questions. Uh, So back in a minute, everybody.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Are you looking to advertise a campaign, short film, a public service announcement, an important message? Look no further than Regency Outdoor. We have been around since 1974 and have the greatest locations in Southern California for your advertising goals. Our creative billboards are sure to catch everyone's attention, make an impact anywhere and everywhere in Southern California. To get started and for more information, call 310-657-8883 or visit regencyoutdoor.com. Regency makes it easier than ever to get your message everywhere in Southern California
1: righty, we're back here on the Peristyle podcast. We got uh, Coach Hyde talking about what he liked from the press conference from last week where USC introduced the new defensive coaching staff. Um, we didn't hear from Lincoln Riley after the traditional signing day, so this was sort of our opportunity to kind of get an update from him, what's been going on, making all these hires and moving this defense going forward. I think we're both more optimistic coach about the, you know, defensive unit for the USC heading into big 10 play. Um, So I wanted to kind of get your thoughts of your, what are your expectations now uh, for this defense? Just knowing what, you know, the personnel can change a little bit uh, in the next portal period and all of that Uh, guys could still leave. Um, So the rosters are always in flux, but just with the staff that's put together coach of, have your expectations changed, or what are they? Well,
2: I think they'll be fundamentally stronger, better. I think the kids will understand the schemes better. Uh, I hate to say negative things about past coaches, but I think they'll be better coached. Uh, they understand what they need to do. Uh, as far as, uh, I think, playing in uh, big-time football and big-time uh Atmospheres. I think uh, the kids will learn to like these coaches because these coaches will be teaching them and not just expecting them to perform. And I think that's part of what a teacher is and a coach is, is you can't ask somebody to do it unless they know exactly what they're supposed to do so they can do it full speed. So I think they're they're talking uh, at a level that I can understand, and I think that's the level you have to talk when you're talking to a football player. You can't assume that a young man understands everything you're saying. Sometimes you need to walk through things many, many times. And once that young man understands what his assignment is, he can certainly perform it better because he knows that it's simple. This is what we got to do. And also, I was aware too of uh, how they knew the personnel. Like one of the coaches, I can't remember who it was, says Gentry, the linebacker, that they need to get him up to about 220 pounds or whatever. Was he? They felt he was, or he felt he was a little light for his position. And I, I'm anxious to see if they play him at a different spot than what the past defensive staff played him at. But he reminds me more of, it, as I always told you, he's a rush guy, outside end, tall, quick, long arms, bring him across the line of scrimmage, keep everybody to the inside of you. And uh, I think he'd be a great position there rather than having him play on the line of scrimmage, cover the pass, do this, do that, take a motion guy. I mean, you start to think too much and you're not playing football. So i like to see them utilize the athletic ability of these players and put them in a position where they can perform. And I think this is one thing they're going to try to find out in the spring the best they can and try to get the best 11 football players in the right positions for their opening game. And believe me, LSU is not going to be an easy game to play, but it'll be challenging. You'll be ready to play and it'll be it really everybody I think will be uh, waiting to see exactly what the outcome might be. You know, you might not ask me this question, but I'm going to answer this question. One okay. thing I got from one thing I got from the press conference. If I correct me if I'm wrong, is that Lincoln Riley said that oh, the quarterback is going to be an open competition. No one has that position. It's going to be open competition be, between him and the new kid that transferred in from UNLV. I don't know if I'd have said that. Uh, to me, I don't know how a guy can qualify than uh, what he did in the Holiday Bowl. Uh, Miller Moss, better than anybody. Six touchdown passes. They were 14-point underdog or whatever. They beat beat Louisville. Kids played their tails off. To me, that's the greatest audition as far as who my number one quarterback is anywhere. And to me, I don't know if he should be put in a position where he has to compete for his position. Now, this is just me. To me, if you want to form leadership around a quarterback where he takes command in the spring, players follow his lead, you could see they were so excited when they were playing with him and scoring and he was into the game, that I think he deserves to be number one. I just think, I don't know what more you have to do. So I was sort of surprised when he said it'll be open competition at quarterback. Did I hear that correctly,
1: Ryan? Yeah, yeah. So um, they he did talk about, you know, there was talk during the or after the early signing period press conference that they could potentially bring in two quarterbacks, like a younger quarterback and a more established quarterback to compete. And Lincoln Riley felt that the room was good enough the way it is um, that there's a lot of good football ahead of Jane Maiava and uh, Miller Moss has shown some great things and you know, that he feels that they can be good with those guys and that they'll have a competition. Um, my guess is that it's going to be Miller Moss's, uh, you know, it's going to be Miller Moss's job to lose, but I mean, who knows? We'll see kind of what happens, but I, I, you probably know the, the Las Vegas situation better. Um, it seems like Mojave did some really good things, freshman, all mountain West, but from, from what, and I think you mentioned this last week on the show. And from what I was told, probably not big 10 ready. And so this, you know, he can say that it's a competition, but my guess is it's going to be Miller Moss. I don't know what you think about that,
2: but. Well, I, I would think that he deserved that, uh, as uh, a new quarterback comes in, which is fine. And uh, I think competition is great, but I don't know what else you have to do than what he did in their bowl game that uh, that he's the number one quarterback and the only way he's going to lose his position if he messes it up. Uh, and uh, I just think he should go into camp with that attitude and the leadership and the team rally around him because uh, he couldn't have had a better game or audition than he did in the holiday bowl. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I would be very careful on the words I use as far as, uh, the way kids feel as far as what, are you kidding me? How can, you know what I mean? What do they expect? That type of thing.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying there, coach. Um, okay. Well, anything else on the, uh, we have a couple questions, voicemail questions for you, but anything else on what we heard from the press conference you wanted to uh, address?
2: No, nothing. Everything is great. I am very impressed with the coaches. That's basically what I wanted to say. The way the defensive coaches uh, explained who they were, what they're there for, the purpose, why they came, and where they want to go and what they need to do on defense.
1: Yeah, Uh, A couple of quick notes just before we get into the questions. Uh, I know USC is not the Pac-12 anymore or the Pac-2, whatever you want, but George Klyovkov is now going to be out as of March 1st, so he won't be around uh anymore and uh they did make their hire i forget um so it was one of the assistants let me um oh it was uh let me pull oh uh teresa gould she's going to take over as the commissioner of the the pack two um so uh congrats to her and you know obviously that's just washington state in Oregon State at this point, it'll be officially, everyone's gone. Uh, I believe it's August 1st is the like kind of date there. But she'll be, you know, the, the board for the Pac-12 is only Washington State and Oregon State right now. They do have to let the other presidents and chancellors know when they make a big move. But they are in control of everything. Um, they're bringing her in. And so Klyovkov will be out. There was some sort of negotiated settlement that they didn't. Because uh, I think he still had a couple of years left on his deal. But, you know, what, three years on the job and the destruction of the conference. Not that, not blaming George, but he was dealt a bad hand and made it worse. So uh, the conference is now dead. And we have some other news. Um, this She was from UNLV, uh, Desiree Reed-Francois. Uh, she uh, is now going to be the athletic director at the University of Arizona, where she's a graduate and uh, she was at UNLV and then Missouri, I believe. And her name came up in the USC search before they hired Jen Cohen. But, um, she's going to, uh, Arizona, which may be surprising to go to the sec to the big 12, but she's an alum and maybe coming home. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or if you ran into her at all when she was at UNLV coach.
2: Oh yeah, I did. Uh, I've spoken to her many times and, uh, uh, She went to the Southeastern Conference and I thought that'd be a good move for her. I mean from UNLV she got a nice move, Southeastern Conference. Uh they had a great football season this year. I was surprised. Surprised she would go to the University of Arizona. There you know, she's a I guess she got her law degree from there. But uh she's moved around a lot in the last ten years, so I don't know what's where she's headed. I didn't know she was up for the USC AD ship, but was she she was up. I know when Martin Jarma got the UCLA uh, AD ship, she was up for that too. But uh, yeah, she's going to U of A, and uh, there's always reasons you bring in a new athletic director. There's something like a hundred million in the hole. Yeah. So you just wonder what her assignment is going to be: uh, cutting back on everything, fundraising. Hatchet person, who knows, but uh, uh, when you bring in somebody, when you interview them, you sometimes say in your interview, how are you going to correct this? And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they do that, Doing in the, going into the uh, Big 12.
1: Yeah, for sure. Just, I mean, it's weird, too, because you, know, uh, you hire Brent Brennan, and you fire the AD. <laughs> and then uh, bring in a new ad that's not
2: good that's not healthy
1: yeah you got to do new- you have a new ad and a new head coach and the new ad didn't bring in the new head coach so it's going to be kind of interesting yeah. but i know usc is not gonna be part but it's still a team that the trojans have played and just because her name did come up at least what we-, we had heard like she was a potential uh candidate uh for the usc job um so yeah so a little kind of news in the west coast football footprint uh that we want to share with you all right here's our first voicemail for you coach
2: Hi, this is Curtis.
0: And I hear gumbo offense. We're talking about the USC gumbo offense again. Okay, well, since you brought it up and we're really jokingly talking about it, the gumbo offense won us a Rose Bowl. And a Pac-12 championship in back-to-back seasons with Sam Darnold, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ronald Jones, sprinkle in a, a Dory Jackson, and a cast of others. We had just enough offense and defense to win a title and win a Rose Bowl. Those are the last two that we won, and you're laughing about it? Oh, Curtis from Moreno Valley. Uh, Curtis, I
2: don't know what he's he's referring to.
0: So I think we
1: talked about this on one of the other shows, maybe not with you coach, but I was, um, yeah, I think we had mentioned the gumbo offense. It wasn't very good, Curtis. Uh, Yeah. They had a lot of talents and won the Rose bowl. That was great. Um, There were other bad years around that and, and, and immediately after that as well, it was not a sustainably, it wasn't a good offense. It wasn't sustainable. You had, uh, you know, a generational type quarterback with Sam Darnold and all in and, and the talent that was there. And you got some results, but a lot of it was just him sort of improvising as opposed to an actual offensive scheme. I think if you watched what happened in the holiday bowl, that was good offensive scheme. That's what it looks like. And it resulted in six touchdown passes for Miller Moss. So uh, sorry. Didn't like the comments about the, you know, because you have a, a fond memory of, of one year, but, uh, for, you look at the average offense for that. It was underperforming, I would say, but I don't know. Whatever your thoughts are, Coach.
2: Well, I have to say that um, most of the offense was Sam Darnold making big plays. He made some tremendous plays, just like Caleb Williams made a lot of plays. Uh, a lot of those plays, uh, as I say, weren't necessarily called. They just made them happen and he was a great leader and they got it done and that Rose Bowl victory was unbelievable. Uh, I almost fell out of the press box when it happened. And uh and uh I can't remember who the offensive coordinator was then. Uh but uh yeah, it 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 it, it, it I don't know. I can't remember exactly. I don't want to comment on it because I can't go I can't remember but uh I don't know if I called that the 31-flavor offense or not. I think
1: you did, yeah.
2: Yeah, we just pick a play and let it go. Uh, But uh, they did win, and they did win a Rose Bowl game. And uh, I think it had, uh, well, I don't want to compare them both, but uh, a little bit of the both, okay, of what we're doing now and what we did then, except maybe not as, I don't know. I can't remember it. I'd have to look it up.
1: All right, and then we um, I mentioned earlier that we had a voicemail um, that was too long. It was like three minutes long. I uh, sent the voicemailer a text message, and he sent a shorter one. It's about a minute and a half. So we'll play this one um, and let you know. I haven't listened to it yet, Coach, but I'll play it for you and get your thoughts. Here you go.
0: Hi, Ryan. I think my last voicemail was uh, too long, so I'll just make this one a bit quicker. I guess there's two questions I have is why is it taking 15 years for the Board of Trustees at USC to figure out how to get the football program right? Why is it taking 15 years since 2009 with Pete Carroll? Don't we have to start looking at the Board of Trustees? Who's on it? And why are they incompetent? Because it's not just the football program that had issues. It was the health department. It was different schools of academic. It was internal scandals. The second question I have is why do we keep on hiring coaches like Lincoln Riley and Clay Helton when you guys ask good questions like what is going on with the defense and they're looking at you when you ask these questions and saying, oh, we're going to get it right, we're going to get it right, when everybody else except Lincoln Riley or Clay Helton knew that the defense wasn't right. And why is it taking Lincoln Riley, two different jobs at Oklahoma and SV, to figure this out, to finally get it right? Head coaches don't take that long. When you ask Nick Saban a question, he's going to give you a real good answer to say, hey, our defense is not right, we're not getting it right, and we need to make changes. Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, five years, USC, three years, eight years to figure it out. I don't think he's going to do well in the Big Ten at all. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: All right,
2: Coach, yeah, what do you think? Uh, well, I
0: start out by saying, uh,
2: yeah, it takes too long to get it right. And I yeah, you say the regents. I don't know if it's the regents. Uh, I think it's them not knowing what they're doing and too many people on the committees and so on that trying to make decisions because they want to be a part of something they shouldn't be a part of. Normally, you have an athletic director that knows college football and knows athletics, that's been around and is experienced where if you're going to have an opening or you're doing, going to have it make a change, you already know who the head football coach is going to be, or you're already thinking about who the head football coach is going to be, or you already know who fit USC perfectly. And I don't think in the past they had a clue. Uh It was uh, a period of time there, I think, when Pat Hayden was the AD where – they tried to get away from the tradition of what the Ed Orgerons and Davis and college football was all about, and they wanted to make it like a real college experience. They decided to change a lot of things, drop the San Gable uh, Trojan Club, the San Fernando Co-trojan Club, the salute to Troy on the way they used to do that. Uh, they were changing everything. They wanted too many changes when it wasn't broken. They all had their genius ideas of who's to be doing what and how they eliminated Mike Garrett from his athletic directorship and and brought in another athletic director who had never at all been an athletic director and and, uh, and sort of run the athletic program and a college president that uh, you know, that should listen to whoever is hired as the athletic director to follow the lead of this athletic director. Uh, as far as keeping the programs going to the level of what's expected as far as the tr- tradition of USC, which didn't happen. A lot of poor decisions were made during those period of times as far as sharing of revenue and all of the other things, the hiring of a new commissioner, uh, the Pac-12 network being formed, the sanctions they went on without, being, without fighting it or sticking up the Heisman Trophy being returned, I mean, all these type of things happening with not really any real recourse or support from the administration or athletic director or that part of the uh, support staff of USC with the support of the president and the regions, fighting for what they are and who they are and not giving in to, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we better not do this, we better not do that. So that went through a period of about... Uh, five, six, maybe eight years between Hayden and Swan, and then they uh, sort of went in the tank and and brought people back in that, uh, and eliminated a lot of the SC look around campus. I mean uh, coaches from everywhere in the country but USC or Southern California. And uh, again, the tradition got farther away from what it was all about. On the open practices. And when Ron Yerry came to practice or somebody came to practice, the gates were open for them and they were introduced to the team and all of the above, the great tradition portion of, of USC Trojan football. And, uh, I think all of this took effect, uh, the out of state recruiting and not the local treatment of the local coaches, the way they should have been treated and players and coaches, uh, we're coming in and, and stealing players from Southern California to go to the Big Ten and the Big Eight and all these uh, the Big 12 and all these other conferences around the country, well, that should have never been allowed to happen if you had the tradition and the coaches and the recruiting and the local relationships between the high school coaches and the coaches that were recruiting for USC being maybe known uh, because they're local coaches and so on. So it's been a big fight back as far as getting back to where they were. And you don't do that overnight because it was damaged so hard. People were recruiting the areas. Oregon now built up a strong recruiting force and a great football program. Washington has developed their football program. The Pac-12 is a a much more diversified football program than before when the face of the Pac-12 was USC Trojan football and athletics. But well, I wasn't sure that that's what the university wanted, and the regents, uh, they're all doing their job, but they don't all know what's best for a school in every single aspect of a school. And sometimes they start getting too involved, and then they really don't know anything. So I think that's the biggest problems that happen with the athletic department, and I think uh, uh, Lincoln Riley uh, came to USC but never anticipated the difference between Norman, Oklahoma and Los Angeles, California, as far as not being the only show in town. You're not the only show in town, and you have to learn to compete against that buck, and you have to bleed cardinal and gold. You can't talk about what we did in Oklahoma. You can't talk about all your Oklahoma people. You talk about cardinal and gold. And you talk about all of those things, and the past is history. And I think that needs to be established again as far as in the athletic department and on the football program.
1: Yeah, well said, Coach. A few quick thoughts. Um, yeah, I don't know about the Board of Trustees, a lot about them. If you're if you're on the Board of Trustees and you want to email me and fill me in, feel free, ryan at uscfootball.com. But I think there was poor leadership across the board. I think the Board of Trustees, from what I was told, was just too big kind of just this club and they really weren't doing much. And you had bad, you had a bad leader in the president of the university. You had bad, you know, direction from the board of trustees. You had bad athletic directors. You had, it just, no one, there was no checks and balances ever. there There's just poor leadership everywhere. And um, you needed some of those to be good to kind of fix the other ones. Like it didn't matter if you had a bad AD or a bad board of trustees when you had Pete Carroll as head coach, because he was really good but you had bad everything at every level at the high levels and no one was fixing anything. So I think that's the biggest problem. Um, but he keeps mentioning, he's this There's another voicemails too. You can't mention Clay Hilton and Lincoln Riley, the same sentence. If you want to say Lincoln Riley is not Nick Saban and isn't a national championship caliber head coach, I'll listen to you. Okay. I mean, we'll see. But he's not, there's no, there's no comparison to Clay Hilton. I mean, just the resume alone. You just can't, do that like you maybe you aren't french laundry the you know greatest restaurant in the country or whatever but you're still lincoln riley still like a a one one michelin star maybe not three michelin star coach you can say okay he's not nick saban but he's not uh, applebee's where you're trying to compare him to that and it's just not the case so i'll listen to anything if you say he's not going to give you a national championship you you could be right i'm not sure but he's not Clay Helton. You just can't say those two names in the same sentence and have me take you seriously. So that's my thoughts there, Coach.
2: Well, um, no. I would say there are two different packages, okay? Clay Helton was put in a position to become the head football coach at USC. I can't blame him for that. It's a dream that comes true. But, again, that goes back to the administration hiring him. So you can't blame him. He became a very rich man and had a dream come true. Now, in the, that didn't work. Now, the next situation, you have another head football coach and you bring him in with the expectations of what you're looking for is, uh, you're not going to get Nick Saban. But again, you bring in somebody with the idea and the understanding of what is expected at USC and you bring in Lincoln Riley, who had a great track record at, at Oklahoma. I mean, has what a lot of football games developed a lot of Heisman Trophy winners, and so on. Now you got to wait and see. Except you wait and see what he does at USC. He's not Nick Saban, uh, but uh, he's still young. You know, people understand he's still a young guy and he's still learning the game of football. And no one ever knows it all, and he'll figure it out. That and he knows this. players are the name of the game, and. Every year he'll learn more about the game and working with people and recruiting and the whole package, but that's what it's all about. I'm not telling you I know more than he does, uh, hardly. But I'm saying in the game of football, you want people surrounding you that know more than you do in as many areas as you possibly can. That way you have more support and you have more minds and brains and eyes and ears than anyone else. And I think that's something that you have to be able to do. And change is something you can't fight. Change is something that you have to adjust to every single game, every single year to the changes that are happening in the world, including college football.
1: All right, Coach. Well, great stuff. Uh, Really fun doing the show with you. Again, don't think you have a lot to talk about. We go like 50-something minutes. So great stuff, everyone. uh, Check out the coach at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to harveyhyde.com for all of his content. Hope you guys all enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time.
0: You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting.